Welcome to GrammyCast, the podcast for empty nesters with larger-than-life ambitions. I'm Linda Kennedy, your host. I'm studying journalism at Harvard, but most importantly, I'm a grandmother. So join me as we explore how to inspire the next generation. Hello, Grammys and everyone. Welcome to the first episode of GrammyCast with Linda. Today I'm visiting with Gwyneth Doland, a self-made journalist in New Mexico who built a 20-year career as a reporter with no journalism classes or formal training. Hi, Gwyneth. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Please tell us, how did you go from earning your degree in sociology and anthropology to becoming a food editor? How did you make that stick? Well, I always loved food. You know, I grew up outside of Washington, D.C., which has this incredibly vibrant ethnic food scene. I grew up eating a lot of um, Indian food and Korean food and Vietnamese food and Afghan food, all sorts of things that... um, I now discover are harder to find in other parts of the country. Um, And so after college, I wanted to get off the East Coast. I moved to Albuquerque just for kicks for no good reason other than it sounded like fun. And I wanted to kind of get away from my parents and, you know, get out on my own. And um, so I kind of tooled around for a a a few years and then I decided, oh, I got laid off from a job. Um, And so I had a little bit of time. I took unemployment, which was like almost nothing, but I had a little time to get my head together and I decided I wanted to be a chef. And so I said, well, I'll go to the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. And I got the application papers in the mail. And I noticed that it said you had to have six months of professional cooking experience. Ugh, I felt like I was thwarted, but I said, fine, I'll do it. And I opened up the newspaper for the Wanteds. This tells you how long ago it was. I opened up the the newspaper and it said, um, come learn while you earn. Work with a culinary, with a CIA grad and a junior culinary Olympic champion. And I said, perfect, that's the job. And I went down there and they looked at me like, now what are you doing here? Because I think I didn't really fit the profile of someone who wanted to be a chef at the time was still you know, almost exclusively male dominated. Um, and they were like, you already have a college degree. You know, this job pays five fifteen an hour. <laughs> but I was in my early 20s and I lived in a house with a bunch of roommates and I, I was able to make it work. So I did that for a year and I worked through all the stations in the kitchen and I loved it. And then I moved to a small restaurant where we changed the menu every week and I loved it. But I got a little burnt out. I'm working every Friday and Saturday night when all my friends were hanging out. So I left and I worked at a cooking school in Albuquerque for a little bit. And I was walking down the street one day with the weekly alibi, the the city paper there. And there was an ad on the back and it said, um, gain weight, be famous. <laughs> wow. be, our, be our food editor, you know, um, review restaurants, interview chefs, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, this is it. This is the perfect thing. I had always joked about, oh, well, when I work at Bon Appetit, you know. And so I, I went full court press and I knew some people that worked at the paper and I called them all and I said, hey, put in a word for me. And they hired me. And it was, it was 
not a terribly serious position at the paper at the time. It was, um, you know, it was maybe three quarter time, half time, three quarter time at the very beginning. But I took it really seriously and I made it a bigger job. And I just dove head first into it and I loved it. So, um, so I came from food. They hired me because I knew food really well. I knew all the chefs. I knew the restaurant scene really well. And they had me do a sample restaurant review and they liked it good enough. So, um, you know, that's the liberal arts education prepares you to write anything. Wow. So you really didn't have a lot of writing experience from a reporting standpoint of view prior to this, but I guess did enough writing in college to be able to, to, to put down your expertise. And it was quite an example of where the expertise uh, counted for quite a bit there, it, it sounds like, for uh, yeah, I, writing that could work with the writing as, as long as you had the cooking expertise. What I didn't know was AP style. So my first story came back and it looked like you had just butchered an animal on it. Oh. There was so much red ink and I went into the bathroom and cried my eyes out. <laughs> I just didn't know. And, um, but that was a good, I learned real fast. Wow. Wow. What was your aha moment that I'm really a journalist now? I'm really a journalist here. You know, it was not for many years after that. I didn't call myself a journalist at the time because I didn't come from that perspective. You know, I was a critic and um, I felt more like an outsider at the paper, I guess. Um, I called myself a writer or a restaurant critic or whatever. Um, all, my title was also editor because the paper that I worked for was structured a little bit differently. So instead of having a whole bunch of writers, they just would hire one editor to do most of the writing for that section. Um, so I left that paper after six years. I left the year that, you know, right after Craigslist came and destroyed the alt-weekly um, advertising model of classified ads and ads like that. Um, it was it was the dating ads, it was the classifieds, it was everything just poof, disappeared overnight and the paper was gutted. Aww. So I became uh, the food editor at the weekly paper in Santa Fe, which was great and fun and it was exciting again because it was a totally new market. Um, but it was, it was part-time. So I freelanced for a while. I, you know, I had that, I, I, that shingle of I'm now the food editor at the Santa Fe Reporter, but it, it forced me to take, you know, to look for work in different places and take different freelance projects. Um, I still didn't really think of myself as a journalist. You know, I would sit in on the editorial board meetings just because they needed some warm bodies, mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't really um, invested in news and politics until the Iraq War. And that was kind of a wake up for me, like, oh, that, this stuff really matters. And maybe I need to pay attention. And so I got sick of writing about food and restaurants. It just started to feel like the same thing. And the reporter who sat next to me in Santa Fe was starting a new online news organization, online only. Mm. And he said, you should come do this with me. And I said, really? He said, yeah, do it. And um, and I, I did. And it was at that job, I started covering the state legislature a little bit. And 
going to all of those meetings, I started webcasting them because there was no webcasting. This was 2008. Mm. There was no webcasting of those meetings, 2009. Mm. I started taking my little camera with me and it was this real kind of statement about open government. Um, and what I did was allow everybody else to see that and then I would live blog. So all these other reporters who weren't in Santa Fe, all these regular people who were interested but couldn't go to Santa Fe for the session, all of a sudden were able to participate. And then I really felt like I was a journalist. Like this is a public service I'm doing. This isn't a luxury, this is essential. And it was, um, you know, holding those in power accountable and doing something for the people. And that, I got religion. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were talking about that. And so it sounds like that um, you really kind of fell into that transition from um, using the, the, the newspaper as a way to bring forward your food expertise to recognizing news as as a vehicle to create change and so forth. But it sounds like um, if I'm right, that you had kind of an underlying interest in, in in politics and so forth to be able to open an ear when your friend was talking about his startup. And so, uh, and and that's what um, allowed you to kind of switch gears and, and become that political investigative reporter. Yeah, it was gradual, um, but I, I really, was fascinated by seeing the machinery of government up close at the state house and I'm, i still am a legislative reporter i still love it as much as i did the first day um yeah i am really passionate about it I, I love it because it allows me to see that these lawmakers are just regular people and in new mexico they're very part-time they're not paid they really are regular people but they work hard and and they are devoted and they disagree but in New Mexico, they are usually quite civil to each other, which is respectable. And so that's a ch things like that are, are a challenge for me to try to connect regular folks with things that they don't know that they are going to care about. And that's the journalist then. That's how you made that transformation into becoming um, a journalist through that through that process of discovery and wanting to bring other people to discovery, which brings me to the next point that you're now using your experience to teach the next generation of journalists at the University of New Mexico. For your yeah. student down the road, for your student down the road who might say, I don't wanna do this anymore, just like you did when you were a food editor and kinda, well, I've written about food, what's new, what's next? I wanna do something else or say the empty nester who wants to start over a new life. Is there something you wish you had known when you did that at the time that you got, found that food job and became a food editor and at the time that your friend said, hey, you ought to, ought to try this, that you wish you had, had known then that you would pass on to them now to do this? Yeah, I mean, I think that in my personal experience, having a liberal arts education at a small school where I was just forced to write, 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 write as an undergrad and to take courses in a really broad cross-section of topics and to think about culture and society and the world put me in a good place to look at food and ask, what does this mean? 
what does this say about us that we are doing this, that we want to do this, that we're willing to pay for this? What is this chef trying to say? What kind of artistic statement is he trying to make with this selection, you know, with this food? And I think training as a journalist is an excellent basic training for any occupation. It is a foundation in critical thinking and skepticism and in asking questions like, how do I know this? Is this a fact? How do I find out and verify that this is a fact, you know? And then what are the different perspectives on this? Who disagrees with this? Who agrees with this? What is the impact of this? Uh, who's going to be harmed? Who's going to be helped? How will the world change if this decision is made in this way? I think this prepares a really prepares people for a very wide um, wide group of, of possible careers. You know, when when employers tell us what they want from a university education, it's precisely that. They want critical thinking, they want writing, they want information processing. And I am not sure there is a major that prepares students to do that better than journalism is or an experience like working on the school paper. I'm not sure there's there's better experience for many jobs. Well, taking that, you know, with the um, emergence of social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, the uh, event of the citizen journalist, journalist kind of came about. And so everybody started saying, well, now everybody's a journalist. So I, I really like this idea of everybody, um, everybody having journalism training, but what would you say to those people to say, oh, that's just, that's really not necessary because everybody's a journalist now, really with social media and, and so forth. How would you address that argument um, with your idea that formal journalism training would be great for anybody's job pursuits? Yeah, I think it's important to recognize that a that a journalist isn't necessarily someone with formal training, like me, right? Um, but it is someone who recognizes that there are ethics to this, that there are several things that make a, someone doing journalism different from someone just posting on social media. So, you know, to do journalism is what makes you a journalist. So if you are seeking the truth and verifying it, if you're watching a protest, say, unfold with your own eyes, and you are reporting it faithfully, accurately, um, if your goal in doing that is to give people the information they need to figure out what's going on, and you're not doing it for the Democratic Party, or for some interest group, or because you're paid by some activist group, or something like that, if you are working to serve the public interest, and you are doing it with a sense of ethics and with a commitment to the truth and independence, you are doing journalism. Now, that is a different thing from just, oh my God, you wouldn't believe blah, 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 blah on, on social media and the passing on of unverified rumors and conspiracy theories and all of that. So anyone can do journalism, more than ever with the proliferation of social media, we need people to actively do it and not just post stuff. So the skills of journalism 
are more important than ever. And I think employers appreciate a student or a mid-career person or a late career person who has a really solid grasp on a sense of duty to community and or, or duty to your audience, whoever it is, and um, a sense of trying to get to the bottom of something and figure it out while respecting a diverse um, group of perspectives. I love it. Gwyneth, I can't wait to see your Journalism for All campaign. Uh, <laughs> the signs everywhere, everyone should have a journalism class. I love that. Speaking of taking journalism classes, you are now uh, getting a formal journalism education at Harvard after being a journalist your entire career already. So why Harvard and why now? Well, I decided, you know, the journalism industry is a mess, uh, to use a nice, simple word. Uh, the bottom has fallen out of the economic model. People are trying to do things, but if not at all, the industry I joined at first. Um, and so there's instability. I'm also in a small media market where the job options here are limited. I'm very fortunate that I have ongoing relationships with news organizations here that I love. New Mexico PBS and working in public affairs there is a joy of mine. And I, and I have good relationships with other news organizations that I freelance with. But I started teaching just one class at a time about 10 years ago and pretty quickly realized it was the most rewarding thing that I could do. Um, but in order to get a full-time job, I needed to get an advanced degree, which I never had. And, you know, so I just thought, well, what do I care? I'm just teaching one class at a time and I love it and it's all good. Then I realized, you know, if I could get a full-time job teaching, then I could spend less time hustling in my freelance life, you know, and I could really selectively choose projects that I'm really interested in and put more time into them and also dig deeper into my teaching. So my interests have been the same, but I flipped the economic model of what I did. My original plan was to get an MFA in creative nonfiction at my own university where I have tuition remission. But I, I and I fought it for a long time, I was, I was committed, but um, the English department was not the right place for me. Um, it was a very bad fit. They were interested only in writing memoir and they had no understanding or respect for journalism. And it was incredibly painful. It was one of the most painful things that's ever happened to me in my life, trying to um, fit a square peg into a round hole in an English department. Mm. And it was also a culturally difficult fit for me as someone who'd been teaching since some of my cohort had been um, in elementary school mm. and so middle school. So that was hard. We're just at very different places. And something that I've learned as an adult is that adult learners are very different from um, young adults, right? Adult learners are extremely motivated. Um, they're here to get it done. They want to take in the information and get out. And that was just basically the opposite of a regular um, graduate program in the English department where they just 
had all the time in the world to fool around. And I was like, no, I don't. So Harvard is a place where you have a lot of adult learners who are very motivated um, and people who have experience like you. Um, so it's much more relevant to me and to be able to, to work in the journalism department, but also take classes. This program allows a lot of electives, which is perfect for me. So I'm really interested in taking a lot of government and politics classes, for example. And this allows me to do that and create this focus for my own program that will be very practically helpful in my teaching. Wow. So with this Harvard degree, it sounds like you have your sights on setting up your own journalism for everyone program, Gwyneth. <laughs> well, I'd be happy with a lecturer gig, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, yeah. Full-time teacher though, that's the road you're headed down, correct? To Yeah, and full-time teaching is not, I mean, if you've been a freelancer, it is uh, basically like vacation time. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I imagine, I don't know, sounds like you, really love writing though and really love reporting and that you're passionate about your topics food and politics um, maybe you could have a politics with food or food with politics type kind of show <laughs> Perhaps you know, I, on the side yeah maybe <laughs> with Gwyneth um, do you still cook I do cook and I and I don't I try not to write about food very much anymore because um, because I am not particularly interested in restaurants as much um, now. I love food, but um, restaurants are really only interesting if they're exceptional and if they're exceptionally good or exceptionally bad. Mm -hmm. And in a smaller city like Albuquerque, there's a whole lot of continuity. So there's not that many new places and the new places aren't that exceptional. On, in, in one direction or the other. So I realized the joy for me is, is in eating, but in spending time with other people mm -hmm. and the experience of going out, going to restaurants and having a good time is fantastic, but I need to not overthink it. Mm -hmm. that, that's, my, that's my sort of food career ending takeaway is don't overthink it. For me, for where I live now, I have a garden, um, you know, I buy, um, I buy a whole cow from some ranchers I know. I, my freezer is full of beef um, and I have all these vegetables from the garden. We keep chickens. Wow. I, it's, a, it's a joy for me to cook at home and to experience food in this way. And um, I don't need to write about it. I just like living it. So it sounds like you're a retired food editor, still in yeah. politics. Will you, once you become that full-time teacher and, and encouraging everyone to become somewhat of a journalist, will you um, still write on the side, do you think? Still report on the side? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing the same mix for about 10 years of teaching and writing, and I think I'm just going to keep adjusting that blend as I go along. You know, um, while I'm taking graduate classes, I'm doing a little bit less, not a lot, but a little bit less freelance work. Um, and this summer I'm ramping back up again because I'm not teaching. I'm only taking two classes. So I'm doing a little bit more freelance work and I just sort of keep that, 
you know, coming and going in flux. Um, and I frankly hope to keep some version of that until I retire. Um, and then all I'm going to do is eat and nap. <laughs> I love that. Well, cheers to that. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us, Gwyneth. Before it's my time, pleasure. Oh, absolutely. It's been, a, it's been a delight. This has been such an inspiration. Um, and before we sign off, I have a sentence for you to finish. Down the road, after I graduate, write my last story and teach my last class and eat and nap. My legacy will be. I want my legacy to be a ge generation of students who, when someone says, oh, that's crap, that's fake news, the, the media is all a joke, they all lie. I want them to say, that's bullshit. I want them to say, no, that's not how it works. And if, if you aren't paying attention, if you aren't looking for someone to look critically at what politicians and people in power in industry and in the world they're doing, then you are the joke. So I want them to stand up for the people. I want them to keep the fight going. I want them to push back on those who would take advantage of us. And if I, you know, unleash a small army of truth telling <laughs> watchdogs, I will just be the happiest camper. Yeah. And then go out and gather some eggs and make up a great omelet and stretch while they do all the hard work. Right, Gwyneth? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, thanks again, Gwyneth. I hope we'll be able to visit again, perhaps when you start your next adventure of Journalism for Everyone. That wraps up our visit today with Gwyneth Dolan. Please leave a message about the insights you gained from this podcast. And in the meantime, be healthy, hopeful, and happy. Now I can't stop the video. How do we stop the video?